Uh, as it's been said, we are going to talk about Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, that talks about um, children obeying their parents and honoring their mothers and fathers. And it's also going to talk about the father's responsibility. We're going to talk about slaves and masters and their relationship to each other. As I was thinking about families and raising families, in our culture today, there are two extremes that are out there when it comes to raising families. One extreme says, parents obey your children. They will be happy and life will be well at home. Children, parents obey your children. Do what your, do what your children tell you to do. The other extreme kind of uh, reminds me of, um, I don't remember if you remember the Bill Cosby show, and there was a character that Bill Cosby played, Cliff uh, Huxtable, and he was a doctor. He was an OBGYN, and he was having an argument once with his son, uh, Theo, and uh, he looks at Theo and says, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. And that's the other extreme we have as parents today in our world. We lord it over. We bring fear into our children's lives. Both of those extremes, either giving up everything to our children or taking everything from our children, both of those extremes are not what God teaches in his word. God teaches us a deeper truth, a bigger truth. Um, if you uh, have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to chapter 6, and uh, we're going to read through the passage, and then I'm going to hopefully take a step back and look at some things uh, a little, little bit closer. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with sincere heart as you would Christ. Not only of, not by way of eye service or as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters. Do the same to them and stop threatening and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. This portion of scripture is tied to the scripture that we looked at last week, talking about the relationship between wives and husbands. This whole section of the book of Ephesians finds its summary in chapter 5, verse 21, that we looked at last week, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. 
I think it's by design that Paul writes uh, that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then he lists things in opposite order of what the Roman culture would have hold, held to be true. He puts wives before husbands, children before parents, lists slaves before masters. He was trying purposely to get our attention because that wasn't the way it was in Roman culture. As we talked about last week, wives had no say in Roman culture. They were as slaves to their husbands. In Roman culture, children were things that could be thrown away. In fact, when a little child was born into a Roman home, if the father picked the child up, the child was welcomed into the home. But if the father did not, bring, did not lift the child up, the child was neglected from the home. The child could be sold into slavery. The child could be left out in the uh, elements to, to die. It was the father that had the primary uh, say in the home. But we're lifting up children here. We're talking about children and their relationship to the family. And the same is true with slaves and masters. So we want to uh, look at this a little bit closer. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. The central aspect of this over and over again with the wives and husbands and and children and fathers, uh, slaves and masters, is that you will see over and over again that these things are focused in, centered in the person of Jesus Christ. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's not only something you should do, but this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. In the Ten Commandments, the children were called to honor their father and mother. If we honored our father and mother, God said in those commandments, our lives would be long. We would find a new home in the land that we were coming into. There is benefit, kids, from honoring your father and your mother. We can honor our parents even if we don't always necessarily agree with them. We can still give honor to where honor is due. We live in a culture today that um, honor is not given where honor is due. Um, I have four children. I've watched all four of them walk through high school days. And we taught our children to give honor to whom honor is due. But it amazed me uh, coming on campus from time to time to see how the students on campus treated the teachers in the classroom. I don't think I would ever want to be a teacher in high school. 
by the way that they are uh, treated, the lack of respect that is given. When we were growing up, you know, we, um, we gave respect and honor to our teachers and those who are older to, uh, than us and police and pastors and doctors, those who uh, had training and uh, authority and just were worthy of honor. We would do well to do that again, to practice honor giving. God says, as we honor our Father, and I think it's safe to say, as we honor those over us, we bring uh, life to ourselves and to the people around us. We honor. We don't always necessarily disagree, uh, necessarily agree, but we can still give honor. It's like getting pulled over by a policeman for speeding. I never wanted to agree with him, but I honored him as the policeman. I knew I wasn't speeding. Not much. But um, I was caught. And I didn't put the policeman down. I didn't uh, argue my case. I said, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. And I did what I was told to do. And my life was long in the land. Still had to pay the ticket. But honor to whom honor is due. Verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That word, that phrase, pro, uh, provoke your children to anger, is actually one word in our Greek New Testament. And it has to do with pushing uh, the person to uh, respond only in hatred, in anger, it's interesting that the root word, the word that's kind of in the center of that, is where we get our word ogre. Those monsters that come up and eat people. And fathers, we have the opportunity uh, to make our children into ogres. And Paul's admonishment for us as fathers is not to do that. And then he gives us uh, what we are to do. We are to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. One of the pastors that I had the opportunity to... Um, learn from, to be pastored by, um, is Chuck Swindoll. He was pastoring when I knew him at the First Evangelical Free Church in Fullerton, California. Large church, thousands of people. Most people came to hear Chuck preach. He was just one of those excellent uh, 
preachers of God's word. And one Sunday, they had a baby dedication. And they had numerous parents up holding their little infants. And Pastor Chuck said um, that he had once heard that when children are born, they come into the world as uncivilized barbarians. And we have 18 years to turn them into civilized adults. And those of you who have raised children know how difficult that is. 18 years may not be enough time to turn those little barbarians into civilized adults. But we fathers have the responsibility to do that, to build into the lives of our children. Now, I don't think mothers are left out of the picture here, but again, Paul is dealing with the Roman culture that says the father was the ultimate authority, and if the father wanted to throw that kid outside the door, he had the freedom to do that, and nobody would think it wrong. Mothers, not so much. Mothers have seemingly great love for their children. It's, it, I've seen it over and over and over again. No matter how many kids you have, you, as a mother, you always have enough love. Linda and I are watching... Um, a series on television uh, called Call the Midwives. It takes place in London, uh, early or mid-1900s. And, um, of course, the gist of the story is that you see lots of babies born. I don't know where they found all these pregnant women to give birth to these things, but they must have. It looked very real to me. My remembrances of being in the room when my children were born matched those pictures that I was seeing and the screams that were coming and all kinds of stuff like that. But we watched it last night, and there was one lady who uh, gave birth, and then she started uh, screaming again. And the midwife who was there looked at her, and she had this little horn-like things that she would put against the baby's uh, the mother's stomach, and she said, I don't think you're done. You have another one, which put shock on the mother's face, as well as pain on the mother's face. And the second child was born. And it was, they wrapped up both those children, and even though she did not expect two, she had love for both. And about five minutes later, the third was born. And they wrapped up that baby. Don't worry, the story stops there. Um, but she had plenty of love for all three. And I think moms are given that special place. That no matter how many kids you have, you got love for every one of them. And that's what it's supposed to be for us who are fathers as well. We are to love our children and bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
discipline is what we do to our children so we don't have to punish them. There's a difference between discipline and punishment. We discipline our children to look both ways before they cross the street so that they will not get punished by being hit. The discipline trains our children to do what is right so that punishment will not come. That's why we seek to build into their lives, not only as fathers, but as mothers as well. Teaching our children the things they are to do and the things they are to know so they will not get hurt later on down the road. I do my best, and Jordan, if you're watching this, I'm going to pick on you. I do my best to try to keep my son from driving above the speed limit because I know that he runs the risk of getting caught. He doesn't fall under the discipline very well. Maybe he takes after his father when his father was that age and drove uh, fast. But discipline, I don't want my son to experience the punishment of paying a ticket or worse. So I try to discipline him or discipline my daughters so that they will not experience the pain and the punishment that comes from not doing things correctly. I love all my kids. Those of you who are blessed to be parents and grandparents, you love your kids too. And you want the best for them. So you build into their lives. One thing I've learned as a parent, um, actually as a grandparent, we've got a lot of grandparents here. I would have loved to find the way to get grandkids without kids. Right, grandparents? It's a whole lot easier and a whole lot more fun raising grandkids, partly because you get to give them back. You can just spoil the pants off of them, and then you get to send them back to, uh, send them back to their parents, their owners. But we are to discipline, instruct our children. And notice again, it says, in the instruction of the Lord. We have a responsibility, fathers, to teach our children about Jesus and the word. Sadly, sometime in our history... late 1800s, early 1900s, during the Industrial Revolution, kids were uh, shoveled off to school and to Sunday school. And as time went on, parents took less and less responsibility for imparting God's truth to their children and left that to Sunday school teachers and Awana leaders. 
But the scriptures say, don't say, send your kids to Sunday school. They don't say, send your kids to Awana. It says, bring up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's our responsibility as fathers. It is our responsibility to open the word before our children. It is our responsibility to pray with our children. It's our responsibility to teach them about Jesus. It comes to us, Dad. We are, have a Father in heaven, God that we call Father, that we call Abba, and we are to... Uh, we, are, we bear his image. And as, as dads, we uh, show our children the truth of the Heavenly Father by the ways that we live. And let's face it, dads, we can't do it alone. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can't do it by yourself. You need the Heavenly Father leading you. You need God at work in your lives in order to impart that to your children. It's not always easy. Our children will not always accept it, but that doesn't mean we stop. There are good things that we are to teach our children. Uh, there was a time that uh, at our home in Crescent City, which is up in the far northern corner of California, the wind came by and knocked over a tree from my neighbor's house and came to rest on my garage. No big damage or anything. But we brought out our chainsaws and we got people to come over and because uh, we had announced it at church and so we had people show up to, to help us move the tree off the roof of the house and take care of things. And uh, a family came, a mom and a dad, a brother and a sister. And as we're talking about the tree, looking at the tree, I look over my shoulder and I see the sister chasing her brother with an axe. Not a good thing. I mean, it was a real axe. And she was, you know, bound determined to catch up with her brother who was running faster than he's probably ever run before. But she was destined to hit him with that axe. And I turned to the father, and I said, um, you might want to do something about that. The father looked at me and said, no, just let her go. I don't want to break her spirit. Personally, I wanted to break something. She needed to be told. She needed to be disciplined. You don't chase your brother with an axe. You don't chase anybody with an axe. But this father abdicated his responsibility because he didn't want his daughter to feel bad. He didn't want to break her spirit. Sometimes our children need to have their spirits broken. 
It's how they learn what is right and what is wrong. We need to um, build into our children's lives that which they need to know to be mature adults. We need to teach them about God and his word. We need to teach them about finances. We don't have checkbooks anymore, I don't think. Um, But how do we handle a bank account? How do we handle resources? What about giving God uh, that tithe? We have a responsibility as parents to teach our children that. Otherwise, they're going to get to college or into the working world and just spend everything that they have or borrow beyond their means. We have... um, the responsibility to teach our children how to handle a car and even to do minor repairs on it. I remember at a gas station once pulling up behind a teenager in a car. The gender is unimportant. But this student, this teenager, walked around the car five or six times so finally I said, can I help you? And he said, we're looking for the place to pour the gas. And I told him, just pour it on the roof. It'll seek in somewhere. <laughs> you know, I've had to take my children and to the car and say, pull this knob. This little door flips open. You take the cap off. You stick the gas thing in here and you watch the thing go. We think that they understand that, but they don't. We need to teach our children the basics of life. How to wash their own clothes. Nothing like sending your kid to college and having taught them how to wash their own clothes. You get all sorts of phone calls. Mom, all my underwear came out pink. What happened? You need to teach your children you don't wash the colors and the whites together and use bleach. Those are things that we need to teach our children. We need to teach our children discernment. Too often we tell our children, don't watch that TV show. Don't go to that movie. Don't play that video game. But in doing so, all we do is tell them what not to do, but we don't teach them discernment to be able to understand why we do what we do or why that thing is bad. They need to be able to open a book, open a newspaper, and with wisdom and discernment, be able to figure out truth from error. I'm not saying you go and take your kids to the worst movies you could possibly find. But I think it uh, is good for you to help your child learn discernment so they can look at a movie, they can look at television, they can read a book, they can read the newspaper or listen to television 
and be able to discern. It's hard work, but it's the work that we are to do. So when our children leave the house, they don't fall prey to every wind of doctrine that comes along. Teach your children to discern. It's a big task, dads, but we're called to it. And then Paul deals with bond servants and masters. A bond servant is one who is tied to another. They have a, there is a owner in this relationship. Somebody is in control and the other one just does what they are told. Can you imagine what went on when the church began to be developed and the church understood what Paul spoke about in places like Colossians where he says, there is neither male nor female, neither slave nor free, but all are equal before Jesus. And so Paul tells the bondservants, serve your masters, not as to uh, be just eye-pleasing to them, but serve them as you would Jesus. For that is who you are really serving. Do all things for him. Serve well as employees. I worked at between my last church that I served at as an interim pastor and my and this present one, I worked at Target. Um, it was quite an experience. But what I did every day as I drove to work is I prayed for my coworkers. I prayed for the store managers. I asked God to let me be salt and light. I prayed that I would do a good job, that I wouldn't hide out, that I would do the best I could possibly do to honor God so that I could bear a witness Now, I didn't walk around the store and tell everybody, I'm a Christian. No, I kind of kept that to myself. There's a few people we get in a conversation with, and that would come out. But my goal in being there was to bear witness for Jesus. And that is true for all of us who are employees, who are working for someone. We should work as to the Lord, praying for our employer, living for Jesus, doing good work in all that we do. And then Jesus, I mean, Paul says here, now for you masters, do the same thing. For those of you who are employers today, you are to serve your employees. You are to care for them. You are to pray for them that God would 
bless them. There is a different relationship because of Jesus. A different way we are to work. A different way we are to be part of our culture. To submit one another out of reverence for Christ. So children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. Fathers, train up your children in the discipline and the love of the Lord. Don't exasperate them. Don't turn them into little ogres. I don't know if I ever turned my child into a little ogre by the way I responded to them, but as in Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 21 says, uh, I probably did cause them to lose heart from time to time by the way I responded to them. I don't know about you, moms and dads, but this is confession time. I have yelled at my kids. I have been harsh with them, sometimes when they didn't deserve it, but because dad was frustrated. And I always had to go back, knock on the door, walk in, sit on the bed next to them and say, your dad was an idiot. They would always nod their head. (laughs) Can you forgive your dad? And they would nod their heads. Fathers, we have a huge responsibility, and that comes to mothers as well. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, love your children. Those of you who are uh, slaves to somebody, you are employees, you are to serve the Lord, work well. And those of you who are masters, employers, you are to care for those in your employ. You are to remember that they have a master, And you have the same one. And you both shall be responsible or accountable to them, to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have shown us by your life and death what it is to be obedient. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have exhibited to us a good, good father. Thank you that you have brought us up in love and compassion. You have been long-suffering with us as your children. You are quick to forgive. You are firm in your discipline. Holy Spirit, grab a hold of us. Make us to be the people that we were created to be, those who bear the image of Christ, whether old or young. Help us to be husbands and wives, children and parents, slaves and masters that reflect the glory of God. 
Christ, Lord Jesus, in your name. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.